I'm going to speak tonight about uh, encouragement. Do you ever need encouragement? Well, I think we all agreed on that. That's a, that's a good start. <laughs> uh, we all need encouragement at times. And I want to talk to you tonight about a, a man that was a very encouraging person. He's, he's not a person who uh, necessarily you would see in the, in the limelight. Uh, he was more of a behind-the-scenes man. Uh, but he was well known in Scripture, and uh, the Apostle Paul, he worked with him as a missionary, and uh, his name is Barnabas. And uh, it's recorded in the, uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse 36. Uh, he's referred to there as Joseph. Also in some translations, the same person uh, may be referred to as Joseph. And, uh, and then I think it's very unique what we see here in verse 36. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, he was named that, he was given that by his peers. They called him Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement. Some translations might say son of consolation, uh, but uh, he, it was an encouragement. He was listed as the son of encouragement. Uh, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, and having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. <clears throat> we all need a friend like Barnabas. And we'll see that as we look through this, this lesson, uh, how he was so encouraging, he was so uh, uh, there for other people, and all of us have had times in our life when we needed someone like that to be there for us, and we have had opportunities uh, that we can be with, uh, with others as well in, in their time of, of need and to have encouragement. Uh, no matter we're young people, middle-aged people, uh, not so young people anymore, uh, we all need uh, encouragement. The book of Acts, uh, of course, there are many things contained in the book of Acts. This book was written around 63 to 65 uh, A.D. and uh, covers a time span of about 32 years. A lot of the information of the church and uh, in, in the early days of the church, is, uh, this is a record of that, of course, of the church that Jesus established while he was here on earth. And, and then this message was, uh, was spread uh, throughout the, the region. And uh, the book of Acts records that. And uh, the conversation of Saul, and later, of course, his name to become Paul, it also reveals the names of many who were faithful in the spread of the kingdom message. This man, uh, Barnabas, he was a, a big part of that. He was just one of those people. And as I said, he was a behind-the-scenes person. He didn't have to have all the limelight and be at the at the front, I was looking at this, and I remembered something from way back in the 80s. I read uh, that uh, on the desk of Ronald Reagan, President Ronald Reagan, he had a plaque there, and uh, it stated that there is no limit to the amount of good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. I think that's true. I'm certain that's true. Uh, the person who has to have the credit all the time uh, that, that, that's going to wear out. 
And, uh, but if, if people can do things and, um, uh, and, and not have to be, as I said, as this man did, he didn't, he didn't have to have the limelight. And, and so he was, uh, he was willing just to step out there and do things. Yet uh, his name uh, is mentioned 23 times in the book of Acts, three times in Galatians, once in 1 Corinthians, and also once in Colossians uh, chapter 4. So there, were, uh, th there was a lot of mention of him, but let's just notice his character as we uh, go along in this study here tonight. The setting of this lesson, of course, <clears throat> was the, uh, the state of the church at this time. In Acts 2.41, we, uh, we understand... The things that were taking place at that time, the church had been under uh, severe persecution. Uh, they had been struggling, but God was blessing. In Acts 2.41, I'm going to read a few verses there, uh, beginning with verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and their goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart that's a good way to live gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved can, can you imagine uh, the pastor he's given the invitation and they, they, they just keep coming you know 3,000 3,000 people and, uh, the preacher gets excited and and, uh, well, let's go down and, and do some baptizing. So that, that's kind of what it was. And, and um, the, uh, uh, by some estimates, uh, the church at that time in the city of Jerusalem, uh, some uh, commentators have, have stated that they believed it could have been as many as 50,000 people that actually had been saved during the time, well, there at the first church, uh, or in the uh, church in Jerusalem, not the first church, that was with Jesus and his apostles and then the growth of that. But then in the city of Jerusalem, that that could have been as many as 50,000 believers. And uh, it came to a point that they just continued experiencing uh, tremendous growth. And uh, they were, there were many needs that the people had. And if you remember over in the book of Acts chapter 6, the workload became so heavy and there were so many people coming and there was so much need among the people that uh, the apostles told the church, uh, seek out seven men of honest, good report and, and uh, bring them in to help with this labor. Uh, they were the first deacons and uh, uh, they, they came to be a, a support to the apostles and, and uh, I have always found in the ministries that I've worked in uh, deacons were a tremendous support uh, to me. And um, so the, the, the workload 
they were to help take care of the distribution of food because some of the, uh, the women, the uh, uh, Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Jews, the, the women in that, that group said that they were being, uh, uh, not being cared for as far as receiving food because it said they were living uh, in common and they all, whatever food they had, that's what they had and they distributed it. And so these men, the deacons, of course, came in and to be helpful to the, the work of the pastors, of the apostles, uh, to you know, give them help and lighten that load. So uh, Barnabas, uh, having land, it says that he sold it, as many of the people had, and they gave that uh, proceeds of the sale of their property, they gave it to uh, the church. This is how they were, per were able to provide food and to provide services to help the people there. And uh, so um, we, have, uh, we have been through, you know, uh, here even we think about how the people there needed encouragement. We've been through a lot the past two or three years as well uh, here in this country, well throughout the world. And uh, we've seen what encouragement can do. So we, we certainly uh, need that. But we, uh, we see Barnabas as an encourager. And he, in our text here, uh, we see where he gave uh, the proceeds of this land. He brought the money. He laid it at the feet of the apostles. Uh, there were some other people in the next chapter who did uh, something similar, but they didn't lay all of it at the feet of the apostles. But uh, Ananias and Sapphira, and, and uh, they had lied to the Holy Spirit, and uh, God took their lives. And uh, but we don't we see here the uh, encouragement that he brought to the people. So he didn't try to tear down. He didn't try to uh, build uh, himself up, but he wanted to edify the church and to build the people. Um, no mention of uh, him in any way as a couple of the apostles we know as we've studied about uh, wanted to be well I want to sit on the right hand of Jesus and on the left and uh, what can we be you know in the kingdom I had those questions and uh, two of them even wanted their mother to talk to Jesus about that they, they, she did and talked about what they might be in his uh, uh, I think they were all thinking of this as Jesus is here, he's established his kingdom, uh, he's going to have a rule here, and he's going to need a cabinet, he's going to need people that are around him. Uh, pretty prominent role that they were thinking about, probably in some of them. But we see Barnabas as a, a bit different, and he was not an apostle, but uh, he was a strong worker and encouraging person. And uh, he was not a complainer. A uh, person who was discontented with his lot in life, uh, kind of akin to uh, a grumbler. Uh, if you had to travel a long distance in a car with a person, which would you rather be with? Uh, an encouraging person or a grumbler? That's not hard to answer, is it? I've traveled like that a little bit. Sometimes it was with preachers. Sometimes it was me. So <laughs> we have to be careful. We, we need to try to develop within us uh, a spirit of in, encouragement uh, to other people. And uh, God will, will bless us in, in doing so. You know, being an encourager is a choice. <clears throat> it's a choice that we have. We must be thoughtful. We must be concerned. And 
in order to do that, we have to focus on the lives of other people. It can't just be about me, about us. Uh, it has to be on the lives of other people. It's really not about any of us, is it? It's about Jesus. Everything we do, think, and say, uh, it, it needs to be focused on Jesus and that we are his people. We are here not because we are great, but because he died for us. He provided for us eternal life and uh, someday we can be with him. Well, encouragement goes straight to the heart of an individual. In Hebrews chapter 3, uh, the writer of the Hebrew letter, in verses 13 and 14, he stated, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ. We have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, that we know our Savior. We have confidence that He is able and that we can serve Him. Well, we can, just based on that, uh, we can encourage other people. Sometimes people aren't easy to encourage. Uh, sometimes I might not be easy to encourage. But uh, I, I think of a story that one of my teachers in seminary many, many years ago uh, told the story about he was determined on one occasion that he was going to go and was going to bring encouragement to this man who was a church member for many years, but uh, always something was wrong and, and you know, it just wasn't good. And, and uh, he, he, uh, he thought, I'm going to go out there today and I'm going to bring encouragement to him. So he went to the man's house. It was a beautiful day. He said he got out of the house. The man was on the porch. And he called his name and said, uh, isn't it a beautiful day? Yes, yes it is. My, your flowers are so pretty. Well, thank you. Yes, yes, we've had a, they're, they're pretty this year. And uh, your garden, it really looks like it's, it's doing well. And uh, the man said, uh, yes, yes, we have a good garden. We sure do. He said, God has sure blessed you, hasn't he? Well, well, yes, he has, but you know, a tornado could come and destroy it tomorrow. You know, sometimes when you try to encourage people, they just turn it the other way. It's a little bit difficult at times, but uh, that, that can happen. But uh, we have to speak. When, when uh, we bring encouragement to other people, we can speak trying to uh, focus on their abilities, what they've done, uh, and, and how God has blessed them and the promises that God gives. And uh, in 2 Peter uh, 1.12, the Apostle Peter made the, uh, the statement concerning the specific promises uh, of God. In chapter 1, verse 12, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, uh, though you know and are established in the present truth. And uh, to know the truth and to have the promises of the truth and uh, let people uh, know you are thinking of them and, uh, um, you know, it's good for us now to try to encourage people in that way. Uh, encourage them by maybe sending them a card and writing a scripture on there or, uh, or just writing a note and sending it to a person. You know, they do still deliver mail uh, 
I get mail at my house every day. We, we kind of think we have to do this every time, but uh, we don't. Um, they do still deliver the mail. So we can, we can send cards to people. We can send uh, notes to people to uh, remind them that we're thinking about them and, and, uh, or maybe uh, meet them and, and uh, enjoy a meal together or uh, let them know that we're praying for them. And I'm talking about whether this is a lost person or a saved person. Uh, sometimes that's an introduction to try to encourage someone who doesn't know the Lord. But uh, if we make contact with them and, uh, uh, you know, to let that person know that we are concerned about them. Uh, sometimes I've known of people who did not know the Lord and in conversation, we had had conversation like that, uh, but then when there was a crisis in their life, they'll turn to you. Even though maybe they don't have any involvement in church, uh, maybe they don't pray, but they may ask you to pray. They may ask you to pray for this, whatever the situation is in their life. God gives us opportunities and to, uh, to, to open doors <clears throat> in this way. <clears throat> it... Uh, It feels good to us to know that they would trust us enough that they could uh, come to us and uh, that we could be a testimony to them and to be a listener, a good listener for them, uh, to smile, to listen, to build rapport uh, with that person and uh, don't try to rush and, and fix things. Uh, sometimes we just need uh, to listen and don't get ahead of, of, uh, uh, of the conversation with them and don't try to get ahead of where God may be leading you or what to ministry or what way you can minister to them. And so uh, we have to build trust um, to uh, try to help someone to uh, encourage them. Um, People don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. I've always heard that, and that's true. They have to see in us, that person really cares about my life. They really have an interest in me. They have to feel that way, just like you would want to, to feel that way if someone is, is speaking to you and encouraging you. And uh, there are many times... Well, there are several times in, in my ministry that I've spoken with people and uh, tried to encourage them. And maybe they say something uh, that really is a trigger for me to see maybe where they've been or what, where we need to go. And um, sometimes you see something that you just think, you know, if someone had encouraged this person just a little bit at a certain point, they might not be in this crisis that they're in. It might could have been avoided. And there are people that need, need help every day. And sometimes it's not necessarily with our, uh, with our speaking to them. It's just the fact that they know you care. Uh, the power of presence is, is very powerful. Uh, I've seen people even in a, a memorial service or at a memorial uh, funeral visitation. And sometimes, what can I do? Uh, for you. Uh, just stand here with me. 
You don't have to be talking. You don't have to be doing anything. Just the fact that they know that you care and that you're there and you're with them and you're willing, you're willing to do what's needed to help them. And many times that does, that there's, does occur. We uh, sometimes in life, and of course, maybe not even anything that has to do with, with um, something that we have done in life, some things just happen, and um, there is the need for, uh, for encouragement. I thought about a song uh, back in 1983. This was, was not in uh, a gospel song, but it, it, uh, uh, when it came out, this was an Ann Murray song. And she talked about, we sure could use a little good news today. That song just, I liked that back then. I was young then in 1983. <laughs> but I still think it's a pretty good song today. Uh, she talked about, um, at that time, of course, many of the events that were happening in the world. And then she said, uh, not much to print today. Can't find uh, anything bad to say because nobody robbed a store at the lower part of town. Nobody OD'd. Nobody burned a single building. No, no, nobody fired a shot in anger. Nobody had to die in vain. Uh, we could sure use a little good news today. That's still true, isn't it? It is. That's still true today. And I just thought about that song and about um, how it it seemed at the time, and it is very appropriate even uh, today. But uh, we see, again, uh, here with Barnabas, that he was an encourager. He was a faithful man, and uh, uh, he was a uniter. Uh, that's a great blessing when you can be around people who are uniters. They're not dividing people. They're not people that are... Um, going to tear something down, but they're going to stand up for other people, and they're going to stand up for you, and, uh, and, and we as encouragers can stand up for other people. On one occasion, Barnabas did this for the Apostle Paul. At that time, he was still, he was being called Saul, and that's in uh, uh, chapter 9 of the book of Acts. That's the chapter of uh, Saul's conversion, where he accepted the Lord. Uh, God appeared to him on the road to Damascus. He was, had been persecuting Christians, and he was on the way to do it again. And uh, the power of the Holy Spirit touched him. God saved him, and then he went into the city, and uh, then he uh, uh, connected with people, and he began to preach. And the people were, maybe they had a reason. This was the man who was a persecutor. They knew who he was. He had killed people. Uh, he stood at the, uh, people laid their coats at his feet when Stephen, the, the deacon who gave that amazing sermon uh, in the book of Acts, uh, they laid their coats at his feet while they stoned Stephen. Uh, so they knew who he was, but they weren't ready to accept him. But someone came to his defense in verse 26, and when Saul um, had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Well, I know you. 
This is probably what people were thinking. But Barnabas, this man who was an encourager, he took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how that he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Barnabas wanted the gospel to flourish. He knew this man, his heart had been changed, that God had saved him, and he wanted this man to preach the gospel. And so they connected there uh, in this place, and, uh, uh, you know, he was willing to forgive this man of his past, as anyone should. Uh, as believers, we should be willing to, to do that and uh, be forgiving people uh, to forgive a person and, and to put away uh, if there had been any issue of the past. And I don't mean like uh, I read something once. President Kennedy said, uh, always forgive your enemies, but never forget their names. It's not really forgiving, is it? you're still holding on to that you're not really forgiving you're still holding on but to forgive them and to put that in the past and move on not to look back at it and that's what had to take place here with Saul who then of course soon after that was was called the Apostle Paul and a missionary Barnabas and Paul went on to Antioch and in chapter 11 in verse 19 The church at Antioch and the, uh, the name, of course, this, this is where they were, people were first called Christians, was at this location at Antioch. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution uh, that arose over Stephen uh, traveled into these other uh, areas and cities in Antioch and preaching the word uh, to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenist, uh, preaching the Lord Jesus. And I mentioned a moment ago who this, these were. They were people, the Hellenists were uh, people who had um, adapted to the culture, uh, the Greek culture, even the Greek language. Uh, they were not fully living as the way that the Orthodox had, <clears throat> had done. They were uh, more adapting to the way that the people <clears throat> from the Romans and others were living. And uh, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed. Many of these people believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. And what would he do? He encouraged them. He was glad and he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord, encouraging them all. And then he departed and he went to Tarsus. This was the place, the home of, of uh, Saul or Apostle Paul. And uh, when he had found Paul, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled there. They stayed there and taught the word of God. And so uh, these two men worked together. You see, he stood up for, for Saul, and then 
God used them in, in working together and developing disciples. And when the Jews tried to uh, pull the, uh, the, Christ, the believers uh, back to, uh, to be under the bondage of the law again in Acts 15, uh, Barnabas was with Paul and withstood them. They faced the crisis and, uh, uh, in spiritual matters and uh, in, in times when uh, things were difficult, they were there. There was one occasion where there was a division between them. In Acts chapter 14, uh, in the city of Lystra, in, in verse 8 of chapter 14, they had gone in and they had, uh, Paul had healed a man. And the people saw this. And he was, uh, from, from birth, uh, he could not walk. But Paul healed him and the man, by the power of God, and the man stood to his feet, and he leaped and walked. And when the people saw that, what he had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus. And Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. They wanted to make them gods. And they, of course, resisted. No, no, no. This is the wrong thing. Uh, we are but men. We are like you. And we preach to you uh, the Christ, that uh, Jesus Christ uh, is Savior. But on one occasion, uh, there was uh, a division over John Mark, who had been with them in a previous ministry, uh, mission. And in chapter 14 and verse 26, uh, they were there to give report of their mission work and back to Antioch. And from there, they sailed to Antioch, where they had been uh, commended and uh, 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 where they had, uh, had been recommended, uh, commended to the grace of God and the work which they had completed. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done uh, with them, and he opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there for a long time, and then there was a period of time that they, uh, uh, they divided over the fact that uh, John, Mark maybe, or John Mark had uh, uh, left them in a previous work that they were doing. John Mark was related to Barnabas. He was uh, probably a cousin. They were blood relatives. And uh, he stood up for uh, John Mark. And the apostle Paul uh, would not. He wanted to uh, go on. And uh, so he did. He chose Silas and he went uh, for service. And Barnabas chose John Mark. And they continued on. And so that... Uh, uh, that was in Acts 15, 36, that uh, this occurred. And then we see, though, that in 2 Timothy, uh, the uh, Apostle Paul, near the end of his life, uh, he writes these words uh, concerning John Mark. In uh, chapter 4 and verse 9, and picture this. Paul is in a Roman prison. He has a brief time to live. 
uh, he had, I believe there were two Roman imprisonments. One was like a house arrest, and another was a dungeon, a dirty, dark, uh, wet dungeon, and uh, where Paul stayed for a long, for a period of time. And he writes here, and he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly. He's writing to Timothy. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Grecians for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark. Get Mark and bring him. Uh, this is the same Mark, the John Mark. Bring him with you, for he is useful uh, to me for ministry. And sometimes, and I'm not saying that, uh, that there's anything wrong with the statements that the Apostle Paul made, certainly not, but John Mark continued. He went on with Barnabas. They served, and they went to uh, the areas that, that where they uh, continued to preach the word. And then uh, uh, later Paul saying, uh, bring John Mark. He is useful to me in ministry. Barnabas was a team player. Uh, in the work of the Lord, it's not a one-man show anywhere, anytime. It's always God's people. It's God's people together uh, that want to, uh, to serve. And uh, in, in this journey of life, uh, that we want to please God and uh, that we want to encourage other people. And so tonight I hope that, uh, that in this we understand that uh, we can be people that encourage others just as Barnabas did. That's the people we ought to be, that we encourage them, that we give them strength, just as we would hope that people would encourage us, all of us. We're in this together. Uh, we're in it for Jesus, but we're in this together as we serve in this life. As we come together, it's a great privilege that we get to come as, as we have been today and sing praises to God and worship the Lord and to have a, a sweet spirit of fellowship among us and uh, we can encourage people here, one another. Uh, but as we go out uh, into uh, the world tomorrow uh, among other people, be an encourager. It will open doors. It will open doors for us to be able to share uh, the gospel with other people and to be able to help them, help them get through life. Sometimes uh, the most difficult thing uh, for people is just uh, making it through uh, the, the, the day and uh, having a, a heavy load. And we don't always, we don't see that. We don't know that. We don't know how that person lives. Maybe they're living in constant pain or maybe they're uh, living with a, a heavy burden that they just can't seem to find an answer to. We might be that person that helps them uh, to be able to find uh, that help.